When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is this is this is Greater Boston. I wish I had a fucking life. All I do is just sit here. No, I stand here. I don't even have a fucking seat. I stand here and I deal with stupid customers requesting different shoe sizes. And no, oh, this isn't comfortable, and this isn't comfortable, and I want to be at this lane. Well, fuck you, man. You don't like it. You don't like it. Oh shit. I don't give a shit. Oh. oh, hey, Wanda. Bernie! How the hell are you doing? I didn't take you for the late-night bolorama type. I didn't know you worked at, um... Wait, what bowling alley are we at? What bowling alley are we at? Didn't you read the sign when you came in? O'Doyle's Bowl and Broil. Where else? You wouldn't catch me in one of those two-bit candle-fuck flea joints. Jesus. Fuck that. It's so fucking dirty. So you work here at O'Doyle's? No, no, I'm nuts. I stand behind the counter with this name tag on for my health. Dodgy. Speaking of which, what's your size, Bernster? Excuse me? Your shoe size, gutterball. I can't have you walking around here without bowling shoes. You get fucking called out again. I've had enough of that shit for the week. Oh, uh, I, I'm not here to bowl. I'm actually here to deliver a letter. Bernie, <laughs> it's 12.30 in the fucking morning. Have you heard of a little thing called work-life balance? Yeah, it's, um, uh, when you get the urge to, uh, <laughs> well, you, you know. Well, rules is rules. What's your shoe size? Even on the carpet? Yeah. Managers are awful fucking particular, but I won't charge you. It'll be our little secret. All right, then. Thirteens, thanks. Big fucking feel. Yeah, uh, thanks, Wanda. Um, any chance there's a, uh, Abdul around here? Look, uh, I can't be giving out customer information, but... There may or may not be someone bowling here who used to work with me at third sight. Real dime piece. If you know what I mean. Okay. I think that guy owes me a tenner. Like, ten pounds? British money? He's on lane ten, numbskull. Jesus. Oh, gotcha. Someone that delivers messages, you sure have trouble picking them up. <laughs> Sorry. Subtlety isn't my strong suit. Uh, thanks for the help, Wanda. Anytime, got a ball. Seriously? 12.30 in the morning? Like, does he, does he, like, have anything else to do, like Netflix and chill or some shit? Uh, excuse me, are you, uh, Abdul Akhtar? Yeah, that's, that's me. Are you, 
Oh god, are you a singing telegram? No, 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 no. Uh, just a friendly mailman, here to deliver a letter. For me? At the Bowl and Broil on Boylston? Yes. Sorry it's not at your address. I, I went to the address listed, but I think you've moved since you left Third Sight, and... Uh... Yeah, I was evicted from Redline. And the USPS still isn't forwarding my mail to Wonderland. Bit of a headache. So, I guess, thank you for being committed to getting this to me. But how did you find me? On a Thursday at midnight, no less. Um, well, I'm delivering a bunch of letters that were sent by Michael Tate, and... Uh... Michael? Uh, and... You have a letter for me? I do. He sent them when he was trapped at Third Sight, but as I understand, he's free now. Oh. Is that... Are you okay? It's just that Michael and I, I... I was hoping to hear from him since he got out, hoping he might at least text, but... It's complicated. I was really worried about him, but we didn't leave things on the best of terms, so... I didn't know if I could reach out or not, and... This seems quite personal, so I'm gonna head out. Actually, could could you stay? I don't want to hold you up, but I don't know what's going to be in this letter, and I I just don't want to be alone when I read it. Yes, uh, yes, of course. Dear, Dear Abdul, Abdul, first, I owe you an apology. You know how people say they aren't one for regrets? That couldn't be further from the truth about me. I am absolutely one for regrets. And I, well, I, I fucked up. I, I fucked up our friendship. I fucked up us. And I'm, I'm sorry. The truth is, you, you were the first friend I ever had at Third Sight. And you were a friend when I really, really needed a friend. I mean, starting a new job is, is hard enough, but I was... <sighs> I was grieving the loss of my best friend. I had just come off a bender, and I was, well, starting a new job, and... In the middle of all that, you just... You just walked right up to my desk one day and asked me if I wanted to come bowling with you, and I don't think I ever, ever expressed how much that meant. How much I just needed to do something that, that wasn't stressful. It was just fun. And you gave that to me. <laughs> I've always been bad at routines. Miss one day at the gym and <laughs> I'll never go back there again. I usually commit to meal planning for like a week and never make it to week two. But our weekly bowling routines were the easiest routine I've ever stuck to. So, when you asked me out, well, I, I won't mince words, I, I panicked. I, I'm not good at what, well, at, at being vulnerable. I, I know that sounds silly with how much I went on about Leon, but you know, we were friends since childhood. It takes a long time for me to be comfortable being vulnerable. N not open, mind you. There, There is a difference. I'll talk your ear off about every little thing that's that's going on in my life as, as, well, you all know. The smallest details of my life are on full display. But in the end, 
I think that's that's just a way of deflecting. If I share all the details, I don't have to share how I feel about them, right? I'll just let folks infer what they will and, and go on with keeping my feelings in the dark. And now that you know that, you know how hard the next part is to write. That night, when you asked me out, I felt two emotions simultaneously and irreconcilably. The first, the first was sheer dumbfounded awe that you could look at someone whose, whose life was as much of a mess as mine and think that there was someone worth loving or, or trying to love. That feeling was really nice. It was fuzzy, warm, unfortunately unfamiliar. I don't feel that very often. But the second Second was fear. I say second, more like the uh, second and third and fourth and fifth. Fear after fear piling atop of each other, shouting over each other, much louder than the initial awe. Fear that I, I didn't deserve that kind of attention. Fear that I couldn't reciprocate, couldn't be what you were looking for. Fear that I had been pulling you all along or failing to pick up on obvious signs. Fear that I was, was going to lose our bowling nights and our friendship and, and you. Fear that I was going to be the one to fuck this all up. Typically. And then right back there. Right back at the first one fear of telling you why I was afraid. I've played back that conversation a hundred times. It would have been so easy. All I had to say was, I'm sorry. I'm not looking for a relationship right now. Things are a lot and I'm trying to get by. I really hope we can keep being friends. Our bowling nights mean a lot to me. That's, that's all I had to say, and I didn't. Instead, I did what I always do. I set my brain on cruise control, and I talked your ear off for five more frames. Wouldn't let you get a word in edgewise, talking about everything and nothing all at once. I found 5,000 other sentences to say instead of the five I needed to say. I didn't say what needed to be said. And I didn't say it the next day when we passed at work or the next week when you asked me to go bowling and I told you I was busy. I wasn't busy. I just... Once the routine breaks, you know, it's hard to pick up again. All of this to say, Adol, I'm sorry. You were 
You were one of the nicest people I have ever met, and I didn't get enough chances to tell you how much you helped me through these months we've spent bowling together. In the end, my fears came to pass because I let them. I ruined our friendship because I couldn't deal with my emotions. For that, I'm sorry. If you can forgive me, I am currently locked in the publisher's office in the top floor of the Third Site Media Building. But I totally understand if you just want to leave me here. I hope you're doing okay. I hope things got better with your brother. And I hope you're still bowling. Your friend. I hope. Michael Tate. Did you find what you were looking for? Yeah. Yeah, I think I did. Thank you. Uh, Bernie the Mailman. At your service. Thank you, Bernie. I'll be okay. Thank you for sticking around. Of course. Hey, Michael. Yeah, it's Abdul. I just, I just got your letter. I, I'm sorry too. Look, I know it's late, but any chance you'd like to come out to O'Doyle's? There's still two hours left, and we could get in a frame or two before closing or something, if you want. Okay. Yeah. Let me know. Greater Boston is created by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen with production assistance from T.H. Ponders, Bob Rimunda, and Jordan Stillman. Recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. This mini-episode was written by T.H. Ponders and produced by Alexander Danner. This episode featured Tanya Milojevic as Wanda McIntosh, Josh Rubino as Bernie the Mailman, Tozaman as Abdul, and James Oliva as Michael Tate. Charlie on the MTA recorded by Emily Peterson and Dirk Tiedi. Wherever I Lay My Hat, That's My Wife by Dr. Turtle. Transcripts are available at greaterbostonshow.com. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash greaterboston. There, there's your pound of flesh. Are you happy now? You got it all. You got it all recorded. Don't ever say I never recorded anything for you. What a piece of work that one is. Jesus Christ, I don't even know. Like, when the fuck am I going to get promoted? Like, I don't deserve this shit. Jesus. Also, Jeff, um, uh, somebody else wants to say hi to you. Hush, little Jeffy, don't say a word. <laughs> Forget it. I can't do the whole thing. Oh my god. Where are you? There we go. You got no life, man. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 
Jesters of Ravenloft is a new podcast being recorded on Twitch. It's D&D 5e, and we'd love to tell you about it, but we can't. Because seriously, the cast know nothing about what is going to happen. Adam McNamara is mystified. Del Borovic is baffled. Guy Bradford is bewildered. Tyler Hewitt is even more clueless than usual. And me, Ryan LaPlante, the DM, I'm the only person who knows what's going on. We're live on Twitch, May 31st at 8.30 p.m. EST. And every Friday, after our Wednesday night shows, we'll be dropping two episodes of Jesters of Ravenloft here. So get ready, subscribe, and soon you will be journeying into Ravenloft alongside our Jesters. Oh yeah, don't tell them about the whole Ravenloft thing. They really know nothing.